Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HHW Show podcast, the hard-hitting wrestling show. I'm Ovi One. Hector and Frank couldn't be with me uh, to, tonight, and, you know, they got other obligations. One's on vacation. The other one is sitting back, and uh, hopefully soon, um, especially we're coming close to the end of the year, hopefully by the beginning of the year, we have everybody together. Um, but, um, you know, we're talking about the end of the year, and usually is like the end of the chapter, the end of a story. And, and it seems like that is the theme in the WWE. Okay. And if you notice the title, it's called Finishing the Story. Now, what does that all mean? Right? What story? Do we ever finish the story? Or do we start a chapter and close a chapter and move on to the next? You know, these storylines and everything else about telling that story, finishing up and everything else, you know, it just got me wondering as to why now? And we're going to talk about that in the takeaway about finishing the story and what that all means and how many superstars are involved in the story. But the biggest story that I like to start off with is the Hall of Fame. And lately I've been hearing about, uh, such as Chris Jericho or a former writer of the WWE, when they talk about uh, the Hall of Fame is just all a sham. Is it? Because I don't think so. No, not to me, not as a fan. I think that since even watching wrestling from the beginning, uh, when WrestleMania started and seeing these superstars making the name for themselves and building that legacy, I think that is very important to acknowledge the superstars that gave it all in the industry. Now, have people that deserve it not in it? Of course, of course it is. But only in due time should we see those superstars get recognized. In my opinion, everyone should be recognized because they go through a lot. Being in the WWE, performing day in, day out, I mean, that, that, that takes a lot. It really has. But there are a few people, and I got at least three that I want to mention. I've said this before on the podcast, that are very deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. And no other one that I, I've been stating and Sally since after his death that this guy should be the one uh, to main event a uh, WWE Hall of Fame for this upcoming WrestleMania. And then there's no other than Bray Wyatt. For a short amount of time, he's done so much. And because he was dealing with health issues, that shouldn't prevent him from being a Hall of Famer, and he's done a lot. And it's not just for himself, but his unselfishness to help others to be creative, to be part of the story, the story that he created, the Wyatt family, and moving on from the Wyatt family to the Fiend. It's a brilliant documentary, and I hope that another documentary will fall in place on his behalf from start to finish. Because that would be a beautiful story to talk about. Another one is no other than the demolition. 
Now, I'm a big fan of the demolition. We had a tournament about the demolition, the tag team divisions and stuff like that, who's the overall favorite. And even though um, <laughs> we had our special guest, Tito Santana, on the show, and of course, because he was on the show, he believes that Strike Force is the number one tag team. And believe it or not, the, Tito Santana was my first my first interview in the HHW show podcast, and he was a Hall of Famer. Ain't that something? But in reality, the best tag team of all time, in my opinion, is the Legion of Doom, or so I say the Road Warriors, because I knew them first as Road Warriors. They might be, the demolition might be the replica, maybe so, but they did, I mean, these guys were beast mode, and they deserve that respect, okay? So I got to give it to them. The demolition does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And finally, The Rock. Why not The Rock already not in the Hall of Fame? I mean, if you could get Rey Mysterio, who is an active superstar, being the WWE Hall of Fame, then it's about time that we start recognizing the ones that really deserve it. The Rock. Okay? The Attitude Era. Without him, there is no Attitude Era. There is no SmackDown. So he deserves to be recognized. And I hope that he is inducted into the Hall of Fame. What are we waiting for anyway? Let's do this. Another one that I'm thinking of that I don't have the picture up yet is no other than Chris Jericho himself. I'm a big fan of Y2J. I'm not a fan of the list, making a list. No, no. I'm talking about the Y2J from back then. I'm talking about Y2J all the way up to coming up with the list, okay? Yeah, he moved on and everything else, but, you know, their opinions is their opinions. But as fans... We are owed to those that we looked up to, and they should be recognized in the Hall of Fame. But let's talk about someone that's going to be the future Hall of Fame someday, and as no other than CM Punk. On Monday Night Raw, you saw CM Punk and Seth Rollins stare down to one another before Seth Rollins actually got a mic and started talking. And Seth Rollins has some beautiful points. He really did. And believe it or not, we I mean, we already know. Seth Rollins already hates him. We knew that. We saw his reaction during the Survivor Series War Games. At the very end, seeing Puck comes out. Now, we didn't get to see this on television, but everybody that's blasted it on social media, especially on Twitter, we could see... Seth Rollins just mouthing off and saying it so much. He can't stand him. He hates him. He hates what he did 10 years ago. And you're quite honest. I mean, listen. Yeah, he was still around. The Shield was around 10 years ago. Absolutely. But whatever it was that CM Punk was dealing with, it had nothing to do with anyone backstage. That was just him. I think this whole story that's so-called is blown out of proportion. And yet 10 years, I mean, regardless what happened, 
for him going to AEW, for him going to MMA, for him seeing Punk fighting himself and to come back. And yeah, seeing Punk says he calls it home, but Seth Rollins disagrees. Everyone has an opinion. Everybody has their inference of how to deal with the situation. But let's, let's be real about this. Seth Rollins had beautiful points. Since he's been go- since CM Punk's been gone, Seth Rollins been a workhorse. And yeah, he dealt with injuries, came back, and still making it happen. And voila, here's CM Punk. He too wants to finish what he started. But his main goal is to main event WrestleMania, something that he's never had the opportunity. And I understand CM Punk's frustration. And he did it for everybody else in the locker room. Now, you got to be naive not to recognize exactly as to why Seth uh, CM Punk did what he did. And everyone wants to read the story of other writers, other wannabe journalists and stuff that want to make a point by why he did this and this and that. But no one's seeing the clear picture. Is that at the time that CM Punk did that, it was always the go-to people all the time. It was something that even Hector even said it before. He's sick and tired of people that leave WWE, all these part-timers to come just to main event WrestleMania. That is the biggest problem. And yes, that was under Vince McMahon. But I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. And if I've, I've been following along how the storyline goes under Triple H's regime. And it's fascinating because you never know what really is going to happen. You could predict, and if you're lucky, you might be right. But if you're wrong, it's not the end of the world. It might be even better because surprises, suspense is where it's at. So I'm liking it. But CM Punk was frustrated because he was the workhorse. He did what he had to do. He was the master of the mic and still wasn't given the opportunity to main event WrestleMania. That's the frustration part. Absolutely. So, yeah, I totally get it. I really do. Daniel Bryan main event in WrestleMania. Matter of fact, he had two matches. He had to beat Triple H. And then move on for a triple threat match against Randy Orton and Bautista. And he won. The Yes Movement won as well. All over the world. But CM Punk. He, he, he's the man. The Mike took over everything. But just going to main event other shows, not WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all. Yeah, he deserves it. And when he lost the Royal Rumble out of frustration, not knowing, not giving a chance. I mean, the odds are in favor right now because there are two main events in WrestleMania. Day one and day two. How do you feel about CM Punk main event WrestleMania? And with who? I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think CM Punk is going to main event WrestleMania this year. Or this upcoming WrestleMania. I'm not I'm not sold yet. Just like I'm not sold that Seth Rollins and CM Punk are going to go head-to-head at WrestleMania. I don't think I'm ready for that yet. I don't think we're come close for them to clash. They went face to face. 
nothing happened. And for CM Punk to respond saying he's going to go to the Royal, announce officially he's going to the Royal Rumble. Well, he got him and he got Cody Rhodes. That's two. Two people so far that want to finish their story. So who's going to win? Are they going to win? Or is there someone else? A lot of people saying Guther should win the Royal Rumble. Well, Guther had his fame last Royal Rumble, even though he did not win, but he still won because he lasted so long in the Royal Rumble. That's a win. He doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. There's other things that's going to happen, right? He's in that mid-car situation, owning the Intercontinental Championship. Until he drops that belt, then maybe I could think about him ruining the Royal Rumble, but he doesn't need to. He's a heel. He doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. We need someone good, okay? We need someone that's that baby face. That's the person we're looking for for the winner of the Royal Rumble. Who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns? Who's going to take that belt away from Seth freaking Rollins? That's the point. Do you think CM Punk is going to main event WrestleMania? Or are we going to see how CM Punk is going to persevere when he realizes he's not going to main event WrestleMania? But maybe for WrestleMania 41. That sounds reasonable. Anything can happen. Or somehow you have the elimination chamber that's part of a paper, uh, a premium event, excuse me. That maybe, just maybe, he wins a championship belt there. Anything can happen. That's the whole point. But this is so fresh. This buildup can't beat Rust. It can't. That's why I agree that, uh, or I'm persuading myself to believe that he is not main event in WrestleMania. I'm sorry. But if he if he does, there's no way he's going to be choosing Roman Reigns. The beef is already there in Monday Night Raw. That's why he signed Monday Night Raw for Seth freaking Rollins. Okay? But let's move on to SmackDown. Because it's interesting to know that Logan Paul is the new United States champion from Crown Jewel. And there is a tournament for him to see who's going to be the number one contender. And right now we have Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory. The winner of that match will go against the winner of this match. Okay. Waller versus, you know, the man, the former NXT champion. That's him indeed. Okay. Carmelo Hayes. But I already know what's going to happen. Kevin Owens is going to win. Then Waller's going to win as well. He's going to cheat his way for victory. Because Carmelo Hayes got a storyline going on in NXT. So we need this buildup. Okay? We definitely need it. I got it. It's already written. On the other side, you got Santo Escobar. Who won his match. And he's going to go against Bobby Lashley. And on that point, 
it's got to be Kevin Owens versus Santos Escobar. And the winner of that match was going to go against Logan Paul. It's best fitting that Santos Escobar is going to win. He's been dying for the United States Championship match. It, it seems that way. It really does. On the other side on Raw, we got the Women's Tag Team Championship on the line. That's going to be happening. And as well as the other, the Men's Tag Team Championship on the line. So there's a lot going on when it comes to championships. And I'm kind of digging it right now. It's getting exciting there. It really is. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about the story now. All right. And this is the takeaway. And if I go on the left and right and stuff like that, that's okay. It's all right. It's that suspense. It's, it's, it's the drive to understand this whole ordeal. So let's stay tuned for the storyline and which superstars they affect the most. Here we go. As I started in the beginning of the show, the title is called Finishing the Story. Now, which superstars do you think will finish the story first or the quickest or which one will take the longest? You decide as I point things out. And I start off with this, that writing a story involves narrating a series of events that lead to a problem. The progression of the problem and the end result. Finishing the story can mean different things, such as finishing a draft, editing a story, or being done with the story altogether. In this case, let's start with Cody Rhodes. And this is what he has to say, you know, finishing the story, the catchphrase. And, and he thought that he was going to finish the story by defeating Roman Reigns, the undisputed champion at WrestleMania 39. And he fell short. If there was no cheating around or anything like that, or straight up head to head, we would have seen Cody Rhodes finish his story and live up to the legacy of his family. And 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 be honest, like that the storyline between him and doing things for his dad and everything, everything to have meaning. It's touching, but it didn't happen. The phrase symbolized that Rhodes' family longstanding struggle to win a WWE championship. That Rhodes said that he held on to that phrase, but it ate him up and he never got it. He now hates saying that phrase. I don't hate it, but I probably would change it. Because listen, finishing the story means you're closing it and that's a wrap. Were you going to have me believe that if Cody Rhodes would have won the World Heavyweight Championship, the Undisputed uh, Universal Championship, that uh, the story would end? Nah. No, no, no. It doesn't. The championship itself never ends. A chapter is renewed or there's a new writing, a new script, but that chapter always have a closing. And when you close one chapter... There's another one that's going to open. 
And that's why probably Cody Rose is realizing that it's not about finishing the story. It's continuing on the legacy. CM Punk. He has said that in main, oh, let's put it this way. CM Punk has said that his main motivation for returning to WWE is to finish the story he started. He was unable to achieve this goal before leaving WWE in 2014. Punk's story involved in being in the main event of WrestleMania, something that he's not ha he hasn't achieved. He said that everyone has their own story to finish and that he wants to finish what he started. Got it. Totally understand. But at what cost? What do you have to do? Is CM Punk is short-lived in the WWE? Or this is a, a longevity for what have to, for for whatever comes forward. Because I tell you what, it's very hard to main event WrestleMania in a, in a timely event. Meaning that like, we, we got some stories to build to make it there. And for CM Punk, he has to win the Royal Rumble. He has to go by 29 other superstars. Now, is it going to be uh, easy for him to maybe come at number 30? Or is it going to be very challenging where he starts at number one? Punk is currently signed with the WWE on Monday Night Raw. Made it official on Monday Night Raw. Okay? And, of course, like I talked to you earlier, that confrontation he had with Seth freaking Rollins. Okay? It's going to be interesting to see. And his response is, it might be him or it might be Roman Reigns. Who knows? But entering the Royal Rumble made a decision that his brand future on December 11th episode on Monday Night Raw makes us wonder and believe that he's going to try to win. And if he does, it'll be aimed at Seth freaking Rollins. But the other catch is there's somebody else waiting and wanting to come in surprise. And that is Damian Priest, who still holds the Money in the Bank briefcase. Drew McIntyre. He's focused on what's important and that the only thing is, is the World Heavyweight Championship. He wants to finish his part of the story. He told Punk during the show that he don't care about nobody else's story but his. He don't care about Punk. Cody Rhodes or anyone else he has to finish his goal and his goal is to become a world champion now for Drew McIntyre it doesn't matter if he has to main event Wrestlemania or not because he already had that opportunity to main event Wrestlemania but that was during COVID it really was defeating Brock Lesnar congratulations buddy but that's it that's it now we got the fans, got it, but he is wanting to get back because he missed that opportunity. He got cheated, and that's why he hated the bloodline. But he's always thinking about the past. He's not looking ahead. It's always about what the reaction is in front of him and what he wants. Drew McIntyre has a scheduled heavyweight championship with Seth Rollins, and sadly to say, <sighs> It's going to be another disappointment for Drew McIntyre. And let's not forget, 
Seth freaking Rollins did say to Drew McIntyre, there are two other people ahead of Drew McIntyre. One of them was Jay Uso, which he already defeated. The other unknown person that no one wants to talk about is no other than Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes, well, he's being distracted because of Shinsuke Nakamura. But when all this said and done, and they all meet in the ring for the Royal Rumble, there's only going to be one superstar that's going to be left standing. And who can that be? I've already talked to you about three people already. I talked to you about CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, you may want to put Damian Priest on that list. Sure. Why not? Maybe the rest of the Judgment Day is going to be involved. You know, a bunch of tag teams are going to be there to occupy the space. But it'll be pretty, pretty awesome to, I mean, it'll be pretty awesome to see those three in the final four. And that fourth person is really unknown. But we got to see about that. On the other side, let's look at the women's division. There's someone that wants to finish their story. And that is Becky Lynch. We already know that this match, Nia, Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch, is going to happen. Maybe at day one, they might match up. But Lynch wants to find her story after the 2018 injury. Now, granted that Becky Lynch went on to main event WrestleMania. She went on to become champion. She went on to do a lot of things, even with Nia Jax being fired. But Nia Jax is back. Becky Lynch, pregnancy, took some time out. Now she's back. So now, finally, neither two superstars has any other interruptions, and they can both concentrate on one another. Nia Jax broke Lynch's nose, and it just seemed like she got popular after that. I want to say more that Charlotte Flair has something to do with Becky Lynch getting too popular. Becky Lynch being the man. Becky Lynch being the two-belt champion. Defeating Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. There's a lot to this. Okay? There is a lot. But what's going to happen? How do these superstars are going to finish their story? That is the big question here. Because the ending of a story is important because it provides, all right? I guess it provides uh, an investment to feel better, to feel like you achieved something, to actually know what the ending is. But do we ever are satisfied with the ending? Some will say yes, some will say no. And they're going to go again and again, like Drew McIntyre. For Nia Jax, she doesn't need to be part of the story. Because Becky Lynch needs this more than she does. And she said that already. I don't got to do anything. What happened in the past happened in the past already. But it's just like literature. And I'll say it again in a in, in literature way. The ending of the story is important because it provides a final commentary of the story's event. It can indicate whether the story is tragic, comedic, triumphant, ironic, or unclear. 
like I mentioned, the ending also shows the reader, or for us viewers, what to feel, what lessons did we learn, and what to expect from these superstars. And that's ain't that the reason why we watch WWE for the entertainment, the, the storyline that goes with it. It's all about ending the story and starting a new one. But we go through that in life. We do. We all want to have a great ending. We do. But at times, is the ending might not be what we want it to be. It's out of our hands. It's decisions that we make that gives us the outcome or the results at the very end. And we wouldn't know. That's why we keep doing it. That's why we preach about resiliency. We preach about perseverance. What do you say? In literature, the ending of the story is called a, uh, a denouement. It's a point where all conflicts are resolved and the reader has closure. Is it okay to have closure, whether it's a positive or a negative? I don't know. You got to tell me that. Let's see what happens here with these superstars. Who is, who's going to be? Okay. Let's talk about the Intercontinental Champion, Guther. His title ring. It's an awesome story, but who's going to take it down? Seamus, word is Seamus is coming back. Could he be the one? And I know they have awesome matches between these two superstars, Guther and Seamus. Or is it Braun Strowman? Would he come back and dethrone and become the Intercontinental Champion? I'm all for Seamus because Seamus has won Almost every championship belt except for the Intercontinental Championship. I think this is the time for Sheamus at the Granite States of Mall to become the new Intercontinental Champion. And I can see the footprint already. I can see the story where the Imperium has a fallout because apparently. His peers, or so I say, says subordinates can't win matches. Okay. And then we have the bloodline Roman Reigns, who will be returning back to SmackDown this Friday and confront Randy Orton. They all have stories, they all want to finish them. But is it a finish or is the chapter closed to open up another one? That's all I got right now on the HHW Show podcast. And I hope I made sense of everything. Okay. Was there a goal? Was there a, a, a message to this? Can we learn something from this? We're going to learn as we go weeks and weeks and weeks from day one to the Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, and finally, WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. 
and we'll see the development of these stories. Will they have an ending? Or is it just a chapter closed and another chapter opening? Thank you for listening to the HSW Show podcast. I'm OV1, and I'll see you next week here on the Hard Hitting Wrestling Show.